Hello, everyone. This is Mike Randall. You can follow me on Twitter at Randall Rant. You're listening to the Fantasy Football Beat, a Rotoviz podcast for week two of the NFL season. Each week, I'm joined by an NFL beat reporter who's going to break down one of the biggest games of the week. And this week, we have J.P. Shadrick of At Jaguars Radio Network and the senior reporter editor of Jaguars.com. He's going to be discussing, of course, the late Sunday afternoon battle between the Jaguars and the Patriots, which is a rematch of last year's incredible AFC championship game that the Patriots won 24. Four to twenty. JP and I are going to look at the key players and matchups we expect to decide the game. We're going to talk about the health outlook for Leonard Fournette, how the Jaguars plan to get pressure on Tom Brady, and the importance, of course, of Blake Bortles staying turnover free on Sunday. After I talk with JP, I'm going to take a few minutes to recap what we discussed and use some of the great Rotoviz apps to dive deeper into the game. For those of you who don't know, Rotoviz is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over a thousand articles per year and has a suite of more than twenty proprietary apps. Please go to rotoviz.com, check out the site, and be sure to get your 30% discount for an NFL pass at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. And this is certainly the headline game of week two. Both the Jaguars and Patriots started the year off with wins. Patriots won at home 27-20 over the Texans. Jaguars with a nice road win at the Giants 20-15. So the winner of this game certainly sort of takes the lead role as the team to beat in the AFC. Last year's AFC championship game was incredible, and the Jaguars Jaguars, as you'll hear from JP, are looking for some sort of revenge, not equivalent revenge, but some sort of revenge after that tough loss on the road in Foxborough. You know, ever since I started the fantasy football beat this season, people have been asking me for advice. Who do I like? Who am I leaning towards in each game? Usually it's what team I'm going to bet on each week. The truth is no one knows who's going to win, but if you think you do know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on and equally as important is who you're betting with, which is why I always tell the people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they're the best bet this season. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online. I've been using them for a while. I use them not only for football, but also use them for basketball as well, and they're fantastic. The mobile site is super easy to use. I would only recommend this service to the listeners that I've used. That's good for me, which is why I want you to go to my bookie because when you win, they pay and they pay right away. They have in-game live betting over-unders for the fantasy points scored and the most rewarding player perks in the business. My bookie is slammed with new betters. People are flooding into them now. They want to give everyone the best service possible. So if you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, they're going to give you an additional $25 of free play on deposits over $100. So go ahead, head over to my bookie right now. They're going to match your deposit dollar for dollar. Please use the promo code ROTOVIZ to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. Don't forget to use that promo code ROTOVIZ when creating your account. And if you're willing to hold out after 7 p.m., you can get that $25 free play, which is tremendous. Put ROTOVIZ and add 25 to the end of it. It's up to you guys. It's certainly a lot more fun when you have a little bit of action on the game. And if you're going to do that, the only place to go is MyBookie because you play, you win, and you serve certainly get paid. For this game, the Patriots are a two-point road favorite. Patriots have a minus 135 money line, plus 115 for the Jaguars. There's a 45-point over-under. I think a lot of this game depends on how effective the Jaguars' defense is going to be at getting pressure on Tom Brady. Can they get there with four without blitzing him? Of course, he kills the blitz. 12 does. You know that. So the defense was so incredible last year. They had a strong start to this season in week one against the Giants. Can they make Brady uncomfortable? Can the Jaguars win that turnover battle? And can they get some measure of revenge for last year's four-point loss in that AFC title game. Those are the questions that we have to see. I'm curious to see what JP has to say. So let's get straight to it now.
Please welcome to the show J.P. Shadrick of Jaguars Radio Network and the senior reporter editor of Jaguars.com. Please follow him on Twitter at J.P. Shadrick. As always, J.P., thanks for taking the time to join me. You are a favorite guest here on Road of His Radio. We had you on the RV32 team preview series, the draft preview, and last year in the first year of the fantasy football beat. So we have you back. You're a VIP, J.P. Thanks so much for <laughs> coming in. We appreciate having you. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me back, and I always good to speak with you. Uh, especially because this is the game of the week. Uh, the Jaguars got off to a, a great start to the season with a nice 20-15 to 15 tidy win at the Giants on Sunday. It was a great all-around effort, all three phases of the game led by that defense. Sack Eli Manning twice, Miles Jack had the pick six, and a recovered a fumble and a punt return, which pretty much sealed it. The only blemish on the day, of course, was Leonard Fournette left with a hamstring injury after a really good start. I did see him on social media after the game when he was getting interviewed. He said, I'm going to play this Sunday. Of course, you know, that's what he's going to say. Talk about the Jaguars' win, and what are you hearing about Fournette as we head into the Patriots game on Sunday? Yeah, first off, last week's game, a good, great defensive ball game. Uh, the only real blemish for the defense was the Saquon Barkley 68-yard run against them in, in that second half. But uh, other than that, they had the run game bottled up. They got to Eli Manning a lot of the day, even though they, didn't get, they only got a couple of sacks. They were getting pressure on him a lot of the day. So the defense did what you expected this defense to do, and that's um, score touchdowns and take the ball away and, and harass the quarterback all day, and that's what they did. So that's a good start. Uh, the quarterback play wasn't great for the Jags. Blake Bortles' numbers weren't great. He had some early drops from his receivers. Uh, tried to just work through. It's the first week on offense. Uh, the run game looked okay in the first half when Leonard was in there. And then he left it in the uh, second quarter with that hamstring issue. And it just didn't have the, you know, the same punch, I guess. It was still fairly effective with Leonard Fournette, but not effective enough to, to be able to move the ball too much in that second half. They had eight possessions in the second half and punted seven times and knelt down the last one. So um, they got to work on that if they don't have Fournette moving ahead. Now the question now is, of course, uh, Fournette and that hamstring. He's been off to the side at least early in this week on Wednesday. Uh, he's scheduled to speak with the media on Thursday. Uh, I don't know if that is a tell of anything. You're going to speak with the media anyway, especially in a week this big. Uh, but he's confident, and it's it's kind of strange to hear Doug Marone be as positive about this as he as he has been, because this is something Leonard's gone through before. Same area, he says, I guess, back in high school. So he has a, a history of, of coming around and, and coming through this kind of thing. It's a long time ago. I don't know. Jury's out. For me, it's a 50-50 coin flip whether he plays on Sunday. And all I know is there's a lot of football left after this game as well. It was interesting to me that Corey Grant didn't play more. I know the Jaguars brought, brought him back for a one-year contract. They, they paid him good money. I saw something. I think it was on the, the preview with you and Colin Kelly here where he's one of the top eight or nine paid running backs per year <laughs> this year. Uh, was that just a situation where they didn't expect Fournette to get injured and you think we'll see him more this week? Or, or it was a lot of T.J. Yeldon last week. Yeah, I think there's a little of all that, to be quite honest with you. And, you know, there is a limit of what Corey Grant, I think, can do. Good player, uh, fast player. Is he a true, true running back with missability and all that stuff? I, I don't know. Uh, I think there was, you know, Doug Marone said it earlier in the week, I think on Monday, you know, if if they would have known Leonard wasn't going to be able to go, would you get more uh, Corey Grant snaps? He's like, well, we would have probably considered more. We probably should have got it to him more, but I don't know how much more he would have had. Because they're very confident in what T.J. Yeldon can do as the primary backup. And he's more of a traditional style running back with the ability to make guys miss. I don't know how much of a home run threat he is from anywhere on the field, but he can get the job done. 
and um, they like his ability on third down out of the backfield and then uh, pass protection and all that a little better than uh, Corey Grant. So don't, they'll ha- don't worry. Uh, Corey Grant will come around. They'll find some, some places for him in this offense. But if you're having to lean on Corey Grant as an every down running back, then you got some problems, I think, on offense. Well, I would think the ball control would be primary in Doug Marone's game plan this week. Of course, we look back to that AFC Championship game, and, and that's why there's a lot of emotion and a lot of attention on this game this year. The Jaguars dominated that time of possession, 35 minutes to 24 minutes. And, of course, it was even more lopsided before you got into that fourth quarter. They had 101 rushing yards on the road in that game. Last week, week one, Patriots beat the Texans. Texans had 167 yards and rushed at 4.9 yards per carry in Foxborough. So I would certainly think that that would be a key to the game. And and assuming that Fournette is able to go at least somewhat, I would think we'd be seeing a lot of Fournette, TJ Yeldon, and like you said, sprinkled in Corey Grant. That that has to be a center of the game plan, no? Yeah, run the ball, uh, protect the ball, keep it away from number 12, and keep him firmly seated on the bench drinking Gatorade. That's probably your best bet. I mean, considering what happened in the fourth quarter last year when you know, the Miles Jack play happened uh, in, in the AFC Championship game, or didn't happen, depending on your outlook. And then the offense couldn't move the ball after that. They went three and out. They only had two first downs in the fourth quarter. Um, so, you know, they they, they got to be able to move the ball somehow with the lead in the fourth quarter. Um, they let it slip away, and that's a big reason why. And you can, you can point to the officiating in that game. You can point to a few things, but the inability to, to move the ball on offense and maintain possession – well, that was a big part of the loss as well in that fourth quarter. So they've addressed it. You know, they've, they've added offensive linemen in Norwell. They've, you know, worked on uh, offense a bit this year to try to be able to run when they need to late in the football game. And, yeah, I, I, it's a big key. Hold on to the football. Don't turn it over. And we know the stats. If you if the Patriots win the turnover battle or, and all that over the years, I mean, they're hard to beat. Um, so you got to hang on to the football. Yeah, turnovers is going to be a big key for this game, and especially, you know, that's sort of the attention sometimes on Blake Bortles. He did not throw an interception in the three playoff games last year. He did have an interception Sunday, but it was wet conditions against the Giants. The the Jacks have good playmakers on the outside. I I think Keelan Cole is a very good wide receiver, very underrated. Dede Westbrook, Dante Moncrief, uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins had a touchdown that was called back on a penalty. So do you think the Jaguars can attack that Patriots secondary, you know, down in, uh, in the home game on Sunday? Yeah, I think it's uh, this is a I think this is a tight end game. I mean, this is for Austin Safarian Jenkins. He got some looks last week, and as he said, he had the touchdown that was negated by the, the hands to the face penalty by Norwell. Uh, but another guy to look for, James O'Shaughnessy. You know, uh, they, they really didn't have last year the the consistent threat over the middle on offense. Um, Mercedes Lewis would give it to you in spurts. You know, he had a three touchdown game in London against the Ravens. But he only had five all year, you know. Uh, that was just a one game, and he was kind of losing his legs as the years went on. Still a great blocker, of course, at the tight end position. But they didn't really have it, and they tried. They tried Julius Thomas a few years ago. That didn't work out here. They've addressed the position to try to get that. Uh, they feel like they might have that now. Um, I think that's something that you could see moving ahead here, especially this week. Uh, watch out for those tight ends on offense. And you're right, the young receivers – are a year older now. You know, that's the good thing about them. They were all rookies last year, Keelan and, and D.D. Westbrook and, and all those guys. Jadon Mickens, another one of those guys. Um, so that's the positive thing. Everybody's a year older, a year wiser. Yeah, you lost Marquis Lee for the year, but you have some guys who have seen some game action. Uh, experience matters, and uh, experience against the Patriots certainly matters this week. 
JP, I'm sure you realize in the fantasy world, we remember that Mercedes Lewis three touchdown game. When someone has three touchdowns, it sort of lights up our world over here. So yeah, do we do remember that one well? Uh, Let's turn our attention to the defense here. How are you going to stop 12 and and the rest of the Patriots? Uh, Jaguars defense, of course, tremendous last year. Second in the league in sacks, 55, interceptions, 21. Pass defense is the best in the league by a ton, in my opinion. Last year, they allowed about 300 yards less in the entire season, total passing yards in the second-best team. They played incredibly well in that AFC Championship game. They limited Brady for over three quarters in Foxborough. They should be very confident at home in this game, but I'm curious what you think Todd Wash's plan is going to be against this Patriot passing attack, and and how are they going to limit Rob Gronkowski? Who's going to guard him, and then what do they do with Ramsey and Boye in the secondary there against the Patriots? Yeah, it's pass rush, pass rush, pass rush. I mean, you got to get to to Tom, and maybe not even get home, but get him uncomfortable and move his feet. And that starts from the middle of the defensive line with a guy like Marcel Darius, who's dropped some weight this year and and was kind of was actually walking down Saquon Barkley to the sideline last week, which is amazing to see a guy that big run that fast. Uh, Malik Jackson, the three technique. Uh, Avery Jones, a big nose tackle. If you can get pressure and just push that pocket into his feet, it gives the edge rushers a little more time. And remember the AFC Championship game, Yannick Ngakwe was not 100%. He had like an oblique issue. Calais Campbell had a leg issue, was trying to play through it. And, you know, you could tell the, all the snaps in the season that wore him down as the end of the year. So they didn't have their edge rushers and defensive ends 100% in that game. And when they had the lead in the fourth and you knew the Patriots were going to throw, they couldn't get to him. They couldn't pressure Tom Brady. Um, so that, that's where it starts for me. Uh, I think uh, I couldn't tell you on the, on the Gronk thing. I mean, they knocked him out in the game last year with a Barry Church hit uh, after one catch, 21 yards of that game. Uh, you know, Jalen Ramsey's talked about it before. We've, we've seen that in the ESP in the magazine article that he didn't think Gronk was that good. And if corners are lined up on him, then corners have a very good day. But if you line up a corner on Gronk somewhere, that leaves another a wide outside player for, in theory, a lesser player on your depth chart to cover. So, uh, you know, if he's up against the line, we've got some fast linebackers around here. Miles Jack, Kelvin Smith, they can keep up with Gronk. Uh, the physical battle is the question because he's a big monster of a man and he's hard to, hard to guard. So uh, I think it's a mix. I don't think it's just a one guy following Gronk around the field. Uh, I think they're going to mix it up, which is what this defense does. They'll play some man, they'll zone it up some, and uh, put the best man at that time on Gronk. It'll be exciting, JP, if we get Jalen Ramsey on Gronk for a few snaps. Know what I mean? Uh, well, e- either way, Gronk is going to hear it from Jalen, no matter if he's on him or not. So that's <laughs> kind of how that works around here. I'm curious, where does Tom Coughlin come in? I'm a Tom Coughlin guy. Went to Boston College. Used to drive in there when I was running track and field at BC. And Coughlin's car would be there at like 530 in the morning. Only car in the parking lot. Of course, the great success with the Giants. He's come to Jacksonville, done a fantastic job. How much input, I'm just curious, from what your guess is, does he have into the game plan? I mean, you have a guy up there in the front office who's had a lot of success against Bill Belichick, which is rare, right? How much does he have? Does he stay back? I'm sure him and Doug talk a little bit, but how much is he involved in in getting ready for a game like this? I will say that he is involved in uh, getting ready for every game. Now, he's not sitting there dissecting plays and this and that. I mean, he's looking at tape and all that, but he's not in the the coach's meeting room and going through every nook and cranny of the football game. He watches tape. He's in the coach's office. He has the old head coach's office, and um, that's where his his, uh, office is and all that. So, I mean, he's more of an overseer of the organization. 
he has some input. He'll give some assistant coaches some, hey, let's take a look, extra look at this situation or, you know, a little more direction, you know. Doug Marone is the head coach of the football team, and that's very clear. Tom Coughlin, though, is a two-time Super Bowl winning head coach in this league and is at some point probably headed to Canton, so why not use that knowledge to your advantage? Now, when it comes to playing the Patriots, I mean, those games were a long time ago, you know. And by now, uh, as many times as this organization has seen the Patriots over the last few years, they understand what to expect. I mean, they know, especially what happened in January. So, uh, yeah, Coughlin's just great to have around. I don't know if it's a huge advantage this week because of those games in the Super Bowl because it's so long ago. And it, 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 that would be the first thing they tell you. That's a, that, Those are eons ago, those Super Bowls now, compared to 2018. So, um, Doug Barone's football team, Tom Coughlin is the czar of the football world, but uh, on the day-to-day coaching and game planning and all that, Doug Barone is the guy that really starts all that. And Coughlin is the, the I guess, the... the uh, the aura of the team, I guess, you know, he started the franchise. He was the first head coach here in 95 and uh, came back to it and um, kind of leads the organization, uh, the policies and everything they want to do as the Jaguars. Uh, the big picture stuff is Tom Coughlin, the day-to-day nuts and bolts football. That's Doug Marone. You know, and, and you're right. They would have as much motivation as they need from that AFC championship game. I, I think the place yep. is going to be rocking. The entire Jaguars organization is ready for this game. I understand it's not the same same level of revenge if they win this game, but certainly would set them up to continue on their way here for a big, big year in 2018. And just a note on that real quick. I, you know, it's uh, the players understand that, you know, what happened in January. They're not naive enough to say it's not a big deal yet. Sure, you know, we, we go, we're playing the team that knocked us out. But for the fan base here, I mean, they want to exercise some demons from January. They've been angry all offseason about the Miles Jack wasn't down, the officiating, and the the failure in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, these guys want blood on Sunday, the the, the Jaguars fans. I mean, they they want to knock these guys out. And uh, this is going to be, you know, we've been talking about this. Guys have been around here a lot longer than I have. I've been here for seven years. Um, Guys have been covering the team from day one. This could be the biggest regular season game in franchise history. This Sunday. I mean, just considering all the circumstances around it, they've never beaten Brady. Uh, they're eight, they're zero and eight against Brady, including the playoffs. So this could be, in theory, your last chance to see the goat. So at some point, you got to slay the dragon and line up this week. Well, in what could be the biggest regular season game in Jaguars history, when you have J.P. Shadrick on the podcast, you need a prediction. So I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Jags and Patriots both 1-0. Huge game at home. Win here would really go a long way. Jaguars are certainly a Super Bowl contender, absolutely. But this maybe put them in the driver's seat in the AFC, at least early in the season with this win. How do you think it ends up, J.P., on Sunday between the Jags and the Pats? Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to look at it. I mean, last week's win was big because it makes this game – you know, not as huge of a must-win. If you lost last week, you come to face Brady, you're 0-2, and there's a lot of question marks and people looking around here. We want to know, uh, even if you lose this game, you can come back next week to Titans and the Jets and, and get back 2-1, and 3-1, and one, and be right back in the mix again. So this is a loose football team, just looking around the building this week. I mean, guys are, are eager to play. They're not tight. It's, it's very, they, they know they can hang with this football team. It's just a matter of putting it away. And I feel like they, they're going to do that. It's going to be a close game, obviously. They, I don't think you – you don't blow out the Patriots too often. But there are some times early in seasons where the Patriots get beat when they're trying to figure some things out. And uh, this could be one of those. I think it's 24-23, Jaguars at home. They exercise the demons from January. And it's going to be a hell of a night here in Duval. 
Folks, we got to thank J.P. Shadrick. He is the best. J.P. Shadrick of Jaguars Radio Network, senior reporter, editor of Jaguars.com. Make sure you follow him. Great follow on Twitter at J.P. Shadrick. Thanks so much for a few minutes. We appreciate it. Really looking forward to this game on Sunday. It's the highlight game of, of the Sunday slate. And uh, best of luck. Hopefully we'll catch up with you later in the year, J.P. Sounds great. And we'll talk to you soon. I appreciate you. That was J.P. Shadrick of the At Jaguars Radio Network and the senior reporter editor of Jaguars.com. In just a moment, I'm going to dive deeper into what we discussed using some of the many apps on Rotoviz.com. But this is just a quick reminder that you can support the Rotoviz Radio Network and our 10 shows per week. Amazing. 10 shows per week on Patreon. By doing so, you'll gain exclusive access to Rotoviz Live, which is our weekly Sunday morning video show where we answer all your fantasy questions. Patronships start at just $6 per month, and they provide exclusive access to Rotoviz of his live. So that's four shows per month on top of the 40 podcasts for just $6. Become a Road of His Radio patron today, join exclusive community of listeners, access our premium content, and do your part in helping the network to grow and continue to produce the high-quality, industry-leading programming that you've come to expect. Remember, Road of His Radio on Patreon. We thank J.P. Shadrick of the Jaguars Radio Network and the senior reporter editor for Jaguars.com for joining us, giving us a preview here of the big Jaguars-Patriots game on Sunday. And listen, he made it very clear. It looks like Leonard Fournette is going to play. We're posting this here on Friday morning, and all indications are that he's going to give it a go on Sunday. But what's interesting is whether or not Fournette plays, the Jaguars are going to run the ball. That's what they do. Last year, Led the league with 527 rushing attempts. Led the league 2,262 rushing yards. And then if you use the great apps here at Rotoviz, and what I love is the Team Splits app, and you look last year at Jacksonville, fascinating. When Leonard Fournette played, which was in 13 games, so if you include the one this year even, you can go with the Team Splits app. You can use 2017, 2018, multiple years. So if you include the one game they had this year, when Leonard Fournette played, which is in 14 games, the Jaguars averaged 137.5 rushing yards per game, 0.93 rushing touchdowns, and 31.4 attempts. When Fournette did not play, which was three games last year, so we're looking at TJ Yeldon, we're looking at Chris Ivory, who was here last year with Jacksonville, they actually averaged more rushing yards per game, more rushing touchdowns per game, and more rushing attempts per game. They went from 137.5 with Fournette to 158.3 rushing yards per game. That's over, that's roughly 21 more per game when Fournette did not play. From 0.93 rushing touchdowns, they went to 1.67 rushing touchdowns. That's a big increase. And instead of 31 rushing attempts when Fournette did not play, they had 38 rushing attempts. So Jacksonville is going to pound the ball. And for your fantasy lineups, if for some reason you hear that Leonard Fournette is not active on Sunday, then you know that TJ Yeldon is going to get a lot of those rushes. And we talked about Corey Grant. He's explosive. And JP talked about it on a team preview series with Colin Kelly about how they paid him definitely top 10 for sure, running back money for this year to bring Corey Grant back. He's an explosive back, real fast guy. You saw him a little bit in the AC Championship game, and JP said they probably should have used him more. But he really is a change of pace guy. He's not going to get those every down carries as as an undrafted free agent out of Auburn. He's 26 years old. I think TJ Yeldon is going to be the guy to get the main carries here. So if he's on your waiver wire, if you have him, you should definitely think about putting him in your lineup if Fournette is not active. And even if Fournette is, Yeldon is going to be involved. 
involved in the passing game. So look for the Jaguars here to try to control the, the time of possession, run the ball, keep Tom Brady off the field. You heard JP say keep 12 off the field and a heavy dose of Leonard Fournette and TJ Yeldon. And if for some reason Fournette does not play, Corey Grant is a sneaky play as well. And the next thing I want to take a look at is the importance of the Jaguars getting pressure on Tom Brady. They've got to get there with four guys. You know the way Brady and the Patriots are. If you blitz them, he will pick you apart over and over again. He will find that open receiver. So I'm sure Doug Marone's game plan is going to be centered around getting there with four guys. And I think what goes with that, that's really part of it, is being able to contain Rob Gronkowski because you're not going to be able to just get there with four. You have to watch out for Gronkowski. And you saw in week one, Brady has no trouble throwing it into Gronkowski when he's double covered. He got the touchdown, which was double covered. He got that catch, that long catch there, which some people thought wasn't a catch. I actually thought it was where Gronkowski was double covered as well. So if you go to our apps on Rotoviz, and another great one that Dave Cabin came up with here for us is the game level similarity projections, the GLSP. It's fantastic. What it does is it takes a look at a specific player and compares how they've done in their most recent games as well as players of similar level, similar talent, against similarly ranked defenses against those positions. So, for example, we have Gronkowski going against Jacksonville, which is a top defense. So they go back since 2000. And they grab as many examples of the, as they can of a tight end who's been at that level of Gronkowski going against a top defense. We're talking about Antonio Gates. We're talking about Gary Barnage in the one season. We talked about Gronkowski himself, Dallas Clark back with Indianapolis. So they take those games there and they give you a projection on how they think Gronkowski is going to go. And the medium projection here for Gronkowski against Jacksonville in PPR formats for us is 13.9 fantasy points. The high end would be 20.7 and the low end would be 5.6. But looking at that 13.9, if Jacksonville can do that, that's a huge advantage. Last week against Houston, seven receptions for Gronk, 123 receiving yards, and a touchdown. He was the number two ranked tight end in all of fantasy besides the Jared Cook explosion there on Monday night. And if he didn't have his fumble, he would have been number one. So if they can hold Gronkowski, who had 24.3 fantasy points last week at home against Houston, what the game level similarity projection says would be a median output for him is 13.9. If they can do that and they, they can create pressure on Tom Brady, that is going to be huge to their success. So not only being able to run the ball, not only be able to control that, but to get pressure on the quarterback and to hold down Gronkowski. And of course, I mentioned this with JP. I'd love to see Jalen Ramsey and him go back and forth, especially because Jalen Ramsey said he doesn't think he's that good, which I'm sure is in a locker room somewhere in New England. They're reminding Gronkowski about that as well. And the last thing that, of course, is vital is Blake Bortles limiting his turnovers on Sunday. Bortles is going to get pressure from Belichick. He's going to try to get him to turn the ball over. And in a conservative game plan, it is essential that he doesn't do that. And if you look at the team splits app, again, looking at Bortles, not only for last year, but his career. Let's start with his career in Jacksonville. So he's been quarterback there, the starting quarterback since 2014. If you look from 2014 to 2018, there have been 19 games where Bortles had greater than one interception. 19 games. They've only scored 16.7 points per game when he's thrown the interception, more than one interception, and when he has thrown one interception 
or less, they've averaged 23 points per game. Their winning percentage under Bortles when he's thrown more than one interception is 11%. 11%. And in the games that he's thrown one or less, it's 43%. Now, that includes a lot of tough seasons there in Jacksonville that may not have been directly related to Bortles. So I thought I'd look at it again in a different way using the Team Splits app, looking at Bortles just last year. And if you go by just last year alone, there were four games out of the 16 where he threw more than one interception. Their winning percentage, 38%. Their points they scored those games, 19.8. In the games, 12 games that he threw one or less, their winning percentage, 59%. So it goes from 38% to 59% last year. And their points for go from 19.8 to 28.2. A huge, huge difference. Also worthy of note, when he threw one, he usually ended up throwing more than one because he averaged 2.25 interceptions in the games that he threw at least one, which means, again, the turnovers happen in bunches. And in the games he threw one or less, he usually threw none. Only averaged 0.33 interceptions last year when he threw one or less. So that's the key. Is Bortles going to be able to take care of the ball? The receivers, they lost Marquise Lee, of course, to the season-ending injury. But Keelan Cole really flashed last year, had a great last couple games in fantasy. D.D. Westbrook is there. They have Austin Safarian Jenkins now. So J.P. talked about that, how he feels that the tight end is going to be a big, big part of the game plan here. So look for Safarian Jenkins. Look for those short passes. T.J. Yeldon may be a real nice RB2 play, even if Fournette starts, because he's going to be catching passes out of the backfield. I could see him getting well over five receptions in this game. They're not going to look to take a lot of chances. Maybe hit Keelan Cole with his speed, give him a couple looks there. But Jacksonville wants to get up early in this game. Jacksonville wants to get a lead. They want to keep it and they want to control the time of possession and keep Brady off the field. So that means a lot of intermediate passes. That means limiting Bortles turnovers. And if they do that and if they can create pressure and get to Brady and limit Gronkowski, which is certainly not easy, especially after that first game he had last week, I think they have a chance to find success. So looking at at this game, I do like the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars are going to come out on top here. The Patriots are vulnerable, as JP said earlier in the, in the season. So I have a, a 24-20 win here for Jacksonville. I have them getting the two points. I'll take that gladly, and I think they're going to win the game outright. As far as that over-under, which is 45, it's right there. I think that's a, a real good line. You know, Vegas knows is why those buildings are so big there in Vegas. I'll take the under on the 45, just barely under there. But I have a 24-20 Jaguars win. This is a big game. Patriots have struggled. They've had trouble in Miami in years past. And I think right now, early in the season, this is something that the Jaguars really, really want. I don't know if the Patriots are going to have the same sense of urgency that Jacksonville is. And I think they will be able to get pressure with that defensive line. They did a nice job against Eli Manning and the Giants. And so I think they sneak this one out here in a real nice win against the Patriots, who certainly will be there throughout the entire season. So we had week one in the books last week, and we took a look at the Raiders-Rams on that big Monday night football game with John Gruden's return. And this week, of course, week two, we took a look at the AFC rematch between Jacksonville and New England. We have so much great content here at Rotoviz Radio, so many different podcasts each and every week. You heard about Patreon. Consider joining that, folks, because you get so much for that $6 per month. Make sure you subscribe to the channel on your favorite podcast app and follow on Twitter, of course, at Rotoviz Radio. We're going to be bringing you a deep fantasy dive on one big game each week this season. So make sure you come back here to the Fantasy Football Beat and we'll have a selected beat reporter and give my fantasy analysis and breakdown on the game each week, one big game. And this week, of course, Jacksonville and New England. That's going to do it for the Fantasy Football Beat. I'm Mike Randall. Please follow me on Twitter at Randall Rant. Thanks for tuning in. 
Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Football Beat, a Rotoviz podcast. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com, and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.